2: The Chinese government is to be congratulated for the extraordinary measures it has taken to contain the outbreak. China is actually setting a new standard for outbreak response, and it's not an exaggeration. Wuhan reported no new cases for the first time since the outbreak started. Wuhan provides hope for the rest of the world that even the most severe situation Can be turned around.
3: Well, those videos were from early 2020. And who was that? Who the heck was saying that? That communist China, the land of forced abortion and sterilization, the land of famine that killed millions, the land of concentration camps where they try to re educate people via torture, electric rods, sleep deprivation. And of course, if you aren't being tortured that day in the re-education camp, you're going to go be re-educated by being sent to the factories that are um, encouraged, private companies are encouraged, to go build factories right next to these concentration re-education camps. And then the poor individuals inside the camps are bused to go work at the factories if they aren't being tortured that day. Those products are then often sold in America. The land of the Cultural Revolution. And what do you know, most recently, Communist China, the land of force to end the pandemic, and by that I mean disappearing, killing, or who knows where they went, Um, but they're disappeared now, the verb to disappear. They're gone now. Any doctors and journalists that tried to spread the word about the corrupt CCP, Chinese Communist Party, trying to lie to the world and hide, cover up what they knew about the virus and the origins of the virus. Communist China. This guy says, what again?
2: The Chinese government is to be congratulated for the extraordinary measures it has taken to contain the outbreak. China is actually setting a new standard for outbreak response, and it's not an exaggeration. Wuhan reported no new cases for the first time since the outbreak started. Wuhan provides hope for the rest of the world that even the most severe situation can be turned around.
3: Who is saying that? You guys, that was (laughs) the director general of the WHO, the World Health Organization. His name is Tedros Gebreyesus. I think I'm saying that right, for the sake of this podcast and for your ears, so that you don't have to listen to this white girl try and pronounce this hard name for me. We're calling him Tedros. Okay, we're going first name. Tedros, Director General of the World Health Organization. You guys, last episode I explained, or maybe two episodes now, I explained to you the problem that we are about to face, American sovereignty at risk. The World Health Organization is meeting, the branch of the UN, the United Nations, they are meeting for the World Health Assembly. They meet every year. But this time they're talking about some really scary stuff, about giving the World Health Organization more global control, political and financial power to implement their will for the next potential pandemic that will come. Now, I did that podcast and I was a little nervous, to be honest, because I hadn't heard a single person talking about it other than Steve Bannon. And so I was looking all over the Internet trying to find someone (laughs) that was talking about this because via my nonprofit where I interview survivors of communism, I just naturally, the whole team, we monitor what's going on on the world stage. We monitor communist China. We monitor the WHO. We monitor people like Tedros because we want to be aware of what the heck is going on. So the team and I were watching this and we're like, "Uh, should we? Should we talk about it? Or is this like a complete conspiracy theory that we're falling for? And we would look really dumb for talking about it. So I spent hours researching it. I ended up putting out a personal podcast on it. And then, you guys, I got so excited, but also very nervous because Sean Ryan, turns out he listened to that episode and then he invited me to go on his show. Now, if you don't know this, I'm a big fan and I really admire the work that he does to interview some really great people. And I try and learn from him, and I look up to him as a role model because I interview survivors of communism for the Freedom Records. P.S. Go subscribe to that YouTube channel. But he asks me to come on his show for a special to talk about what I had discussed in the podcast, the upcoming meeting for the World Health Assembly and how it threatens American sovereignty. So not only did I initially take the risk of just winging it and putting the information that I had researched out in the first place, on my podcast, but then Sean Ryan wants to take the risk of trusting me with providing that kind of information to his base. It, I was nervous because I just didn't know, and it hadn't hit the mainstream. I didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't know if maybe I was falling for something. But I really trusted the fact that I'm, I'm reading the words, I'm looking at the papers, I. What, am I going to believe my lying eyes or am I not going to believe my lying eyes? It it was just a situation of in a world of disinformation, misinformation, and straight-up lies. And then when you're looking at facts and truth and the left is telling you that you're actually falling for disinformation, how do you come up with what is true and real and righteous? And so I felt this. I did it. I put the podcast out and then I did the Sean Ryan show and then you guys, I kid you not. When Sean Ryan messaged me, the night before he said can you come on in the morning I said yes we did the episode I put it out there and I kid you not the next day Charlie Kirk does an episode he comes up with an episode the next afternoon it hits the mainstream Tucker Carlson also does an episode that same night I am like smiling ear from ear watching Tucker Carlson cover this because I just felt so validated I said yes but at the same time my heart is sinking because I'm like oh my gosh wait so it's actually happening um First of all, thank you to Sean Ryan for trusting me with this, trusting my research, trusting the fact that I really significantly looked into this. I've been monitoring this for a long time, and he trusted me as that resource. So thank you for doing that. And you guys, if you haven't seen the Tucker special, if you haven't listened to the Steve Bannon episode, if you haven't listened to the Sean Ryan episode, if you haven't listened to the previous episode that I did two episodes ago, you need to get going, okay? This is something we all need to be completely read up on. Now, that being said, I'm doing this episode not to repeat what I said last time because you could just go back two episodes and listen. But this time, I completely forgot that a lot of you guys don't even understand the breakdown of the WHO and who the heck is in charge, the lovely man who was just praising communist China, Tedros so we're going to do a little history lesson today we're going to give you a little information and then we're going to also look at what Tucker said because again smiling from ear to ear seeing that this has hit the mainstream the American people are waking up Tucker is the number one watch show in America and now that was just seen and that being said I'm filming this it is now the 20th this is May 20th that I'm filming it. it's a Friday afternoon I have a thrilling Friday what can I say okay um, I really know how to get down <laughs> Oh, man. I really know how to get down. Today, I'm looking at this. We're talking about this. But the World Health Assembly is starting this Sunday, the 22nd, the Lord's Day of all days. These evil Satanists are getting together on Sunday to begin talking about creating a globalist takeover of american sovereignty and all the other countries too that are involved i think 194 um but that being said you guys before we get into the episode before we get into the segments i want you guys to go to zeggersfreedomflags.shop use code freedom if you want to support my sweet family my dad loves making the flags i don't know if you guys knew this but my dad actually makes the flags with me my mom started making flags too because the orders got a little crazy and the workshop is on their property in upstate new york it is a whole family affair. So if you want to go support the fam, if you want to see little miss Amy Zeggers, my mom, burning and painting some strips for flags, then you need to go to zegersfreedomflags.shop, buy a flag, use code Freedom for Free Shipping, and, of course, follow us online because I post cute little videos of my parents when they're doing their country dancing. They do couples country dancing together. It's adorable. And then on top of that, definitely go subscribe to the Freedom Records on YouTube, follow the Instagram page, and Last thing, please subscribe to this podcast. All right, let's get into it. This might be the best podcast episode of my whole life. I'm just kidding, but it's my favorite topic, that's for sure. Okay, so I think the best way to start here is with giving a little understanding of what the WHO is. So you guys, a little history, and I'm going to keep it simple for this. The basics that you need to know. The WHO, World Health Organization, is an arm of the United Nations. So, there are, I think about 194 countries are a part of this. That being said, who funds the WHO? Basically, America is the biggest funder. China, not so much. On paper, at least, if you know what I'm saying. The second largest is a private donor. What's his name? Um, Bill Gates. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Interesting. And then, of course, other countries. But America gives a boatload. Under Trump, he pulled us out. Biden put us right back in. Knowing this, though, one of the questions Sean Ryan asked me was, Morgan, how much money is China putting in? Well, and I said, Sean, not as much as America on paper, but off the books, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with how much money, because there's an interesting strategy they used to have influence over the organization. Let's talk about how Tedros came to power. So I'm looking at an article right now, nationalinterest.org. It's titled, China helped put this man in charge of the World Health Organization. Is it paying off? Is it? Yes. That's the, the answer there. So Tedros, basically the director general is the leader of the World Health Organization. He's elected every five years. Every five years there's an election where the members of the body vote. Back in 2017, Tedros was elected. And we're going to read how this all happened. So this article says, Chinese diplomats had campaigned hard for the Ethiopian, Tedros, using Beijing's financial clout and opaque aid budget to build support for him among developing countries. So China went around to countries that are struggling, developing countries, members of the UN, and said, we'll give you this money if you vote for Tedros. Now, you know, I'm sure everybody likes to lobby. Everybody likes to try and buy influence. But to buy votes of the World Health Organization is a little sketchy in 2017. And it turns out that he beat the UK candidate. His name was David Nabarro. Imagine if we had a normal person in charge of the WHO. Maybe that would have been easier for us over the last few years with COVID. But it says Tedros's victory was also a victory for Beijing, whose leader Xi Jinping has been public about his goal of flexing China's muscle in the world. Now, you might be wondering, why did they pick Tedros? Well, turns out Tedros is a former member of the Communist Party of Ethiopia. And this is where it gets really interesting. Okay, so this Breitbart article starts out and says, The director general of the Chinese communist-influenced World Health Organization, Tedros, is not a medical doctor and is a member of a Marxist-Leninist Ethiopian political party that analysts have listed as a perpetrator of terrorism. Although U.S. funding for the WHO reportedly exceeds China's financial contributions more than tenfold, Beijing appears to maintain more influence over the UN entity. Below are five worrisome facts about the man leading the WHO amid the coronavirus pandemic that had infected over 1.5 million people and killed over 90,000 across the world as of Thursday. So you guys, I forgot to tell you, this is written in 10th of April, 2020. April 10th. So this is right as everything's going out. Good for Breitbart for calling this out. Um, First fact, Tedros helped Beijing hide the severity of the Chinese coronavirus outbreak. And we're going to get into this then a little bit, but on January 14th, Months after health officials are believed to have detected the first case of the virus in China on November 17th of 2019, the WHO is promoting a Chinese claim via Twitter that there was, quote, no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission, end quote. Meanwhile, the disease was spiraling out of control. The WHO tweeted a day before the first case to reach the United States reportedly flew from Wuhan to the state of Washington. So you guys, yes, friendly reminder— Communist China, even though they knew that this wasn't the case, they started putting out talking points in the early stages of COVID to not worry, don't worry, everybody, don't lock down, don't worry about anything like this, because guess what, COVID doesn't transfer from person to person. There's nothing to worry about. And that's where we get to that great. Remember when they tried to say that if you're against COVID and if you're trying to call out the CCP for hiding these basic facts in early 2020, then you're racist and you hate Chinese people. Remember when Nancy went to Chinatown in the initial days of the outbreak of COVID-19 in America and was surrounded by a crowd and said this. We do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. This was because they were so wrapped up in pushing their usual woke political talk, the radical left in America and the woke elites decided to once again use this as an opportunity to accuse Trump and the GOP and conservatives of racism for saying, hey you guys, it looks like this COVID thing is a little worse than we initially thought, and it looks like it does spread from person to person. It looks like uh, communist China is lying about some things, and maybe we should look more into where the origins are. Nope. The left decided to go to big public events like the streets of Chinatown to say this. We do want to say to people, come come to to Chinatown. Chinatown. Here we are. So (laughs) I've always had that button on this podcast thing because I find it hilarious because it's a perfect example of how sometimes if you just, Put the, politi- the politics aside. Sometimes if you just take the divisive tactics that we always use for every political issue and place them away from us, we can actually look at the real issues here. Like, oh, a communist regime is lying to the world about the spreading possibilities of a potential pandemic. And what do you know? That's what ended up happening. But no, they saw an opportunity to attack racism. Now, what I find so ironic is that when Americans that love freedom and hate communism and understand the dangers and the lies of the CCP tried to call this problem out, the left accused us of hating American Chinese people. But if you know anything about the history of China, you would know that a lot of the people, most of the people, The Chinese immigrants and their family descendants in America now today are victims of communism, victims of the CCP. So for us in America to call out the CCP is not offensive to any, pretty much most American Chinese people, because they understand what happened in that country under Mao Zedong and then now under Xi Jinping, okay? Okay. So you sound ridiculous trying to say that we are attacking Chinese people. There's a big difference between attacking Chinese people in a racist way, which did not happen, and calling out the Chinese Communist Party, a political group of thugs. Back to this, though. All right, next fun fact. Tedros is not a medical doctor. The WHO director holds holds a doctorate of philosophy and community health from the University of Nottingham in the United Kingdom and a master of science in immunology from the University of London. China reportedly supported Tedros' rise to lead the WHO in 2017, even though he was not trained as a medical doctor. Turns out he's the first person to hold the position of director general of the WHO to have not been a medical doctor before. The first person. I guess that's what happens when you buy votes from developing countries as a communist regime, but eh, I digress. Next fun fact, the WHO director is a member of the leftist Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, the TPLF. Tedros. As a member of the violent and powerful communist Ethiopian Ethiopian political party known as the Tigrayan Tigrayan, People's Liberation Front, Tedros rose through Ethiopia's autocratic regime as a health and foreign minister. Analysts, reportedly including American government officials, have listed the TPLF in the Global Terrorism Database. And now he leads the WHO. Oh my gosh. TPLF played a role in Ethiopia's 1980s famine a few years after launching its protracted rebellion against the military government in 1975. The party is also reportedly linked to other gross human rights violations. Next fact. Tedros helped in debt Ethiopia to China. Ethiopia has borrowed billions from China, reportedly including more than $13 billion during Tedros's tenure as foreign minister between 2012 and 2016 an editorial published by the hill in mid-march pointed out quote we note china's connections to tedros's homeland of ethiopia now called east africa's little china because it has become china's bridgehead to influence africa and a key to china's belt and road initiative there indeed china has invested heavily in ethiopia hey they're getting the money back now and in spades and now, last fact, Tedros named Robert Mugabe a WHO Goodwill Ambassador. Now, who's this guy? In October 2017, Tedros named this man a Goodwill Ambassador to help combat noncommunicable diseases in Africa, provoking outrage from medical professionals and human rights groups. At the time, the New York Times, guys, noted, quote, "...the role of Goodwill Ambassador is largely symbolic." but rights groups were scathing in their reaction to the symbolism of giving it to a man whose leadership, they say, has led to the collapse of its health service and major rights abuses in Zimbabwe. Ultimately, Tedros rescinded his decision to name this man Goodwill Ambassador in the wake of criticism. Good! Nice to see some change. Um, But you guys, that is Tedros. Tedros, Tedros, Tedros. Let's just, one quick reminder...
2: The Chinese government is to be congratulated for the extraordinary measures it has taken to contain the outbreak. China is actually setting a new standard for outbreak response.
3: Okay, so that being said, now we know a little bit about Tedros, the leader of the World Health Organization put in charge as a puppet for the CCP. Now, did this work? Did this pay off in the end for the Communist Chinese Party? I mean, I would say so, because as we were just talking about, as COVID-19 started to unveil itself to the world, the CCP lied about it, and the WHO participated in the cover-up and helped China get away with it. So I want to go back to that National Interest article, but first, let's, let's just see. Let's check out this video from April 2020. What a sensitive time. What a fun time.
2: During the Cold War, the two nations, the former USSR and United States, came together to fight smallpox. It was killing two million people annually. We will have many body bags in front of us if we don't behave. And now, The United States and China should come together and fight this dangerous enemy. We shouldn't waste time pointing fingers.
3: Did you hear that? Behave, people. Okay? Behave, Americans. Work together with the communist Chinese. Behave or people will go into body bags. So you guys, getting back to this article from National Interest, I want to get back into it because it talks about that timeline of what happened. Uh, it says, World Health Organization Director General Tedros won his post after China backed him in the May 2017 election. Now Tedros is leading the WHO, an arm of the United Nations, in providing cover for China's oppressive regime as it attempts to shirk responsibility for the global coronavirus pandemic. Despite all evidence to the contrary, Chinese authorities are weaving a false counter-narrative in which China was actually the victim of a foreign virus that it quickly moved to contain, and the WHO is helping them to do it. Tedros has praised China's, quote, transparency and held up the country as a model response, even though the communist regime covered and then concealed the severity of the outbreak. Chinese authorities forced scientists who discovered the virus in December to destroy proof of the virus, UK newspaper The Sunday Times reported. The Chinese regime also punished doctors who tried to warn the public of the outbreak's early stages and suppressed information about the virus online. A Chinese real estate mogul who criticizes government's response has, since, response has since gone missing. Approximately 7 million people left Wuhan in January, spreading the virus all over China and all over the world, before China restricted travel to Wuhan on January 22nd. One study found that, quote, if interventions in China had been conducted one week two weeks, or three weeks earlier, cases could have been reduced by 66%, 86%, and 95%, respectively, significantly limiting the geographical spread of the disease. The WHO echoed China's false talking points about the potential for human-to-human infection during the early stages of the pandemic. Quote, preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission of the novel hashtag coronavirus. The WHO tweeted on January 14th, 2020. The very next day, America's first documented coronavirus patient arrived back in the U.S. after traveling to Wuhan. Tedros praised China's disastrous handling of the pandemic as an example for the rest of the world to follow. Quote, China is actually setting a new standard for outbreak response, he said on January 30th, shortly after returning from a trip to Beijing. The WHO is now touting China's claims to have reduced the number of infections in Wuhan to zero. Yeah, you guys, you remember this? Remember in 2020, Beijing, China, they started releasing statements claiming that they ended coronavirus there, but it was just, it was lies. And then American media was like, look, China locked down and China got rid of coronavirus. We need to do the same. (laughs) The WHO is now touting China's claims to have reduced the number of new infections in Wuhan to zero. But Chinese officials are once again fudging the numbers for propaganda purposes, a Wuhan doctor told Japanese media company Kyoto News. While Tedros is covered for the Chinese regime throughout the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, he hasn't hesitated to criticize the U.S. and other China adversaries for their coronavirus response. On February 3rd, Tedros rebuked the U.S. and other countries that had closed off their borders to China when it became clear that the communist nation wasn't containing the virus's spread. Quote, there is no reason for measures that unnecessarily interfere with international travel and trade. We call on all countries to implement decisions that are evidence-based and consistent. The day after President Trump referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus, the WHO implicitly rebuked him. They tweeted, quote, kind, quick reminder, viruses have no nationality. (sighs) And then this was quickly amplified by Chinese state media outlet Jinghua News. A WHO official later rebuked Trump again on Wednesday. Quote, viruses know no borders, and they don't care about your ethnicity, the color of your skin, or how much money you have in the bank. Thanks, Mike Ryan, executive director of the WHO emergencies program. Ryan then said, this is a time for solidarity. This is a time for facts. This is a time to move forward together, to fight this virus together. There's no blame in this. AKA, if you try and accuse the CCP, who put these people in power, of lying about what is going on with coronavirus, you're racist. And we don't need to have racism right now, guys. Come on, we have a we have a pandemic to fight. Don't try and ask about the origins of the pandemic, of course. Then you're a racist. But let's fight this pandemic together. Isn't that great? Okay, so I hope that gives you guys some understanding of who we're dealing with here with Tedros. Okay, he was put in power by the CCP. And then as even though he was put in power in 2017, a few years pass. what do you know, COVID-19 starts to come into the world. He helps the CCP cover it up, praises them for their use of force and their aggressive uh, takedown of the virus, even though they did not take the virus down. And this embrace of force over choice is something we ended up seeing later on as literally as the years passed during the COVID pandemic. Not only that, but I was heartbroken to see american media multiple different outlets praising the quote top down approach this was either from washington post or new york times i can't remember but one of the big outlets did an entire article explaining that communist china handled this so well because they had top down approach to solve the problem and yet yeah, you guys it's called communism where the government controls every aspect of society And so, yes, they can have that top-down approach. It's completely un-American to have a top-down approach because we believe in federalism, balance of power, checks on power. There's a big difference here. We don't do things like communist China, but thanks for praising them, even though their handling of the pandemic didn't have any uh, better outcomes than embracing freedom. And the laboratories of the states here in America, we were able to see the states that chose force versus choice, like Florida, um, they didn't do any better. In fact, states like Florida actually performed better. So with that being said, this is just one of the great examples of why it's really dangerous, because knowing how the leader of the WHO was put in power, knowing his background, he's literally a communist from his country's communist party, Little China, Ethiopia, Little China of Africa, used by China to get greater influence in the WHO after they bought his votes to put him in as, as leader. And then how he did the dirty work of the Chinese once he's in power, American big tech leaders and mainstream media voices continue to push onto the American people that we must listen to and obey the WHO. Here is the CEO of YouTube explaining how they choose what information to censor.
2: Talk about that is raising authoritative information, um, but then we also talk about um, removing information that is problematic. You know, of course, anything that is medically unsubstantiated. So people saying like, take vitamin C, um, you know, um, take turmeric, like those are all will cure you. Um, those are the examples of things that would be a violation of our policy. Um, anything that would go against World Health Organization recommendations would be a violation of our policy. And so, remove is another really important part of
3: our policy. Did you hear that? If you go against what the WHO says, and I'm not going to repeat it. You guys know exactly who's in charge of that organization. If you go against it, YouTube believes in removing your content because you're dangerous for the population. Your information is dangerous. So that's a little concerning. Let's move on to the next section. Let's finish off with a third segment and really go into a reminder and an update into what we know about the upcoming meeting where the WHO, all of the concerns that we are worried about of giving more and more power to these groups that are not elected American officials representing the people of this country. They are not beholden to the requirements and restrictions put on our government officials by the U.S. Constitution. These are just rogue actors, bureaucrats, appointed positions now put on a global scale. Like I said, I was nervous to initially talk about this because there wasn't a lot of people. I don't know if people are just concerned and don't want to put their necks out and talk about this stuff. I don't know if people maybe thought it's this insane, it couldn't possibly be real, or if people were waiting for others to be the first ones to talk about it, and it took people like Sean Ryan to be um, courageous enough to take one for the team. But now we're starting to see the mainstream talk about it. Now... We're starting to see bigger names, especially in the conservative movement, take it on. I don't know if they wanted to verify the information, whatever it may have been, but this is happening. And if you haven't listened to my last episode on this, two episodes ago, I think you need to go do that. But just a refresher, if you're new to the show, I wanted to kind of cover with this and start, you guys, with Tucker's segment that happened last night. Again, it, it just made, made my day to
1: see we want to open this evening with a story you may not have heard, but that you should definitely know about. It begins early last year when Joe Biden, as one of his very first acts as president, brought the United States back into the World Health Organization. We saw this, when we thought, why would Biden be so anxious to do something like that? At the time, we assumed it was just part of his larger de-orangification effort. Trump had pulled the U.S. out of the World Health Organization, so Biden had to do the opposite. Childish, but that seemed like a fair explanation. Still, it did seem a little weird because there aren't many international bodies that are more thoroughly discredited than the World Health Organization, particularly after COVID. It's a laughingstock. There's one thing it's not good at, it's public health. Since the very first cases of the coronavirus were reported in Wuhan, the WHO slavishly ran interference for the Chinese government and did it in the most cartoonish and obvious way. First, WHO claimed there was no evidence of human-to-human transmission of the virus. Remember this? They cited Chinese officials who were obviously lying, and we now know they were lying. Then, when it became clear the virus probably came out of a Chinese government lab, WHO sabotaged the investigation into the origin of the virus by appointing a gain-of-function researcher to lead the investigative team. Pretty shocking if you think about it. And to this day, the WHO still has not acknowledged it did any of that, though it definitely did. Instead, they've continued to praise China's response to COVID as, quote, transparent, which is the one thing it's not. It's almost amusing. But again, it's weird if you think about it. Why would Joe Biden want to join a group that every informed person laughs at? Well, more than a year later, we think we know the answer. The Biden administration is very close to handing the World Health Organization power over every aspect, the intimate aspects of your life. So imagine the civil liberties abuses that you lived through during the COVID lockdowns but permanent and administered from a foreign country.
3: So you guys, I want to cut in right here and then I'll play the rest of it. But I mean, how exciting is this to see this covered by Tucker? I am just thrilled. Just a quick refresher. We talked about this in the last episode, but the United Nations in May 2021 released a very long report called COVID-19 Make It The Last Pandemic. And it claims that the pandemic would have been prevented if the WHO had been given more global authority. This is from the Desert Review. It says the report states, quote, in its current form, the WHO does not possess such powers. To move on with the treaty, WHO therefore needs to be empowered financially and politically. The treaty should possess an adaptable incentive regime, including sanctions such as public reprimands, economic sanctions, or denial of benefits. Let me just pause. There's a really great resource for you guys if you want to learn more. It's called presentdangerchina.org, and it does webinars. Uh, I've used the resource before to learn, and it does a good synopsis of what Tucker's about to talk about too. But it says, It is appalling that our own government has actually initiated the greatest voluntary surrender of our national sovereignty since our republic was founded. As things stand now at a meeting of the World Health Assembly in Geneva, Switzerland, between May 22nd and May 28th, this Sunday, U.S. proposed amendments will be adopted that would make the Director General of the World Health Organization, Tedros, the sole arbiter of what is a, quote, public health emergency of international concern, and dictate how our government and others must respond to it. The WHO seriously mishandled the COVID-19 pandemic, promoting the lies and otherwise doing the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party, which dominates the organization and got its leader, Dr. Tedros, his job. The result of the WHO's promotion of the China model for dealing with the CCP virus was the needless deaths of millions of people around the world. Pursuant to the amendments advanced by the Biden administration, Tedros could order U.S. responses to what he declares are, quote, public health emergencies, even ones that have nothing to do with disease outbreaks, let alone pandemics. I'm going to finish by showing you the rest of the Tucker episode. But you guys, what is happening this weekend? is that after this report in May 2020 was released by the UN saying that the World Health Organization needs greater political and financial power to enforce its will on the world, that means that they want to be able to control countries that don't comply with their expectations. The World Health Organization supported vaccine requirements, mandates, vaccine passports, digital passports, digital surveillance and tracking for travel and for disinformation spreading, international lockdowns, and more. Now they want to be able to punish countries for not complying in future instances where they claim is a health emergency in an individual country that could lead to an international health problem. I know that it's like okay, well, I don't think we're gonna have another pandemic. Maybe <laughs> if you think that, then go ahead. But now I want you to broaden your horizons a little bit and think beyond pandemics. What else have they called? What else have they called a health crisis before the left? Internationally and domestically, what has the left called a crisis before regarding health, climate change, and guns? Those are just two examples. Climate change, they say, the world's going to end in 10 years, and unless we pass the Green New Deal, which would basically nationalize our major industries, including the energy industry. You're seeing what happens when the left controls energy, right? You're seeing just a little smidge of what happens when they start to put in their liberal and then leftist policies that control energy. We're about to pay $6 a gallon for gas nationwide, not just in California. That's what happens when they do things like control energy. And they claim they need to have government control of the energy sectors in order to fight climate change that will kill us in 10 years. AOC gets on stage and cries that she's scared to get pregnant and bring babies into the world because she doesn't want to bring them into climate apocalypse. Internationally, the leftist groups believe that this is happening. So do the billionaires, the globalists, a part of the WHO, Bill Gates, the funder of it, and the World Economic Forum. So they think that climate change is a world-ending health problem, of course, because it's going to kill us all. And then they think guns are an epidemic. Gun violence is an epidemic in America. So those are just two examples of how they could expand the horizons and step in. The WHO could step in, controlled by the CCP, run by a Chinese puppet, because they have individually declared a health crisis that could spread internationally, starting in America. And then they could come in. Now, what's even creepier is the language that they're removing. I'm going to let Tucker explain the rest of this. But you guys, thank you so much for listening to this. I hope it was helpful. I hope it was informative. Let's listen to Tucker.
1: Here's what we're looking at tonight. This January, the Biden administration submitted a series of proposed amendments to something called the International Health Regulations, the IHR. Now, the Biden administration's amendments, along with those from several other countries, will be combined to create a new global pandemic treaty. We need a pandemic treaty. That treaty is set to be adopted starting this weekend in Geneva at the World Health Assembly. Now, the full text of the treaty is not yet finished, but a WHO working group has summarized what it's going to look like. The document begins by promising to restrict the WHO's authority just to pandemics. Calm down, it's just pandemics. Quote, WHO secretariat to play the leading, convening and coordinating role in operational aspects of emergency response to a pandemic, end quote. So don't get paranoid. Someone needs to coordinate the pandemic response globally because it's a global problem. Got it? Settle down, conspiracy nut. But here's the catch: the World Health Organization gets to define what a pandemic is, when a pandemic is in progress, and how long a pandemic lasts. Then you read the fine print and you realize the WHO will have total authority over emergency operations in the United States if there is ever a quote public health emergency. Huh? What qualifies exactly as a public health emergency? Well, they don't define that, but they get to. They get to decide what a public health emergency is, and then they have total authority. You can see where this is going. Now, the Biden administration has made certain that unelected bureaucrats at the WHO have total authority to declare and define public health emergencies. They did it explicitly. The White House eliminated a provision that would have required the World Health Organization to, quote, consult with an attempt to obtain verification from the state party in whose territory the event is allegedly occurring in. So, as originally written, they couldn't do anything without the permission of their member countries' governments. But thanks to the change that the Biden administration pushed, effectively, there is no limit at all on WHO's power. And then it gets worse from there. The treaty also mandates a, quote, whole-of-government and whole-of-society approach to pandemic preparedness. Hmm, Think about that. Every society is always preparing for a pandemic, and that means there will not be a moment ever when the WHO doesn't have operational control over so-called public health matters in this country. Now, what's that going to mean exactly? You've already guessed it's not really about public health. It never is. But before we tell you what exactly it's going to mean, you should know that none of this is going to be optional. Thanks to an amendment from the Biden administration, the treaty contains a provision for a compliance committee. Ooh, there's always the stick. It provides that every member country in the WHO must, quote, inform WHO about the establishment of its national competent authority responsible for overall implementation of the IHR that will be recognized and held accountable. Under this treaty, WHO members must enforce orders from the WHO. They have to act as the heavies for the WHO. And if they don't, they'll be sanctioned. The White House is going to be the muscle for the director of the World Health Organization. So who is the director of the World Health Organization? Well, that would be a former member of Ethiopia's Marxist-Leninist party called Tedros Adhanem Ghebreyesus. He once led the Ministry of Health in Ethiopia. He's not a physician. But as the head of the Ministry of Health in Ethiopia, for political reasons, he covered up three cholera outbreaks, the opposite of what he's supposed to do. He wrote off cholera as simply acute watery diarrhea. Again, he's not a doctor, so maybe he didn't know, but he did know.
3: All right, you guys, with that being said, like I said, I hope this is informative. I hope it was helpful. I know you're probably like, what the heck do I do now? I honestly don't have an answer for you yet. I'm spending a lot of my time looking into it. But this is, I I mean, I'm I'm baffled. I'm kind of at a loss for words. And everybody needs to, first of all, be aware of it. And we need to start talking. And we need to start figuring out what's going to happen. Like I said, this is being filmed on Friday. I don't know what's going to start happening on Sunday. I'm really, really going to be keeping an eye on this. And you guys should too. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. If this was helpful, please, please share this episode. Share it onto your story. If you can share a link because you have the follower count or whatever, please share the link. On Facebook, share the link to the podcast. On Twitter, share the link to the podcast. Please give it a review because that helps it go up. What's crazy to me, sorry you guys, but like I'm going to glow right now. For the longest time, for the last week, because of my podcast episode, if you looked up WHO and American Sovereignty on Apple Podcast. I was one of the only people to pop up and it was one of the first times because usually everybody's talking about the same stuff, but I was pretty thrilled. And so I'm gonna gloat on that. I've never seen something like that before. And as I was trying to do my own research, one of the only things, the only sources coming up was my own podcast. So I was quite excited by that and I'm just really appreciated of you guys for listening. So please share that you're listening to this. And um, on top of that Remember to go to shop. Support my family business because it's me and my mom and my dad, and we love making the flags. And, of course, the Freedom Records is coming soon. We have interviewed, on top of everything else going on in China, we've interviewed three people that either directly experienced what happened in communist China or they're sharing a family story. So it's really an honor. Subscribe to the Freedom Records online on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Rumble. Thank you guys so much, and uh, hope you have a great rest of the, rest of the day, rest of the weekend.